hate to step on uh, Kirk Franklin. But uh, the show must go on. This is talk radio after all. <laughs> I could listen to that all day long. I love music like all the rest of you do. But uh, uh, this is a talk station. So let's uh, let's let's get this party started in this hour. I'm pleased to have uh, live in studio the Bishop Kenneth C. Almer from boardroom to pulpit. Uh, he has some wisdom to share from the trenches, I might add, uh, of leadership transitions, offering practical tools for all kinds of CEOs and for that matter, spiritual leaders, navigating succession challenges. Um, this is uh, still early in the year for us. And uh, as you know, we always start this year off the first couple of weeks um, offering you as much motivation as we can to help you maximize the moment that is this year. Uh, and there are any number of people. Um, I've got, I was just thinking the other day about a few friends of mine who've announced their retirement uh, from some major organizations. Uh, as I get older, I see more of this, obviously, mm-hmm. people I've known for years and worked with for years who are announcing retirements and and, um, and moving on to different phases of their lives. Uh, and so that raises all kinds of uh, business succession questions. Uh, and who better than uh, Bishop Ballmer, who's navigated this quite successfully uh, at, uh, at his church here in, in L.A., Faithful Central, but so many other things that he has his hands involved in that he has um, uh, learned from over the years about what it means to, to to transition successfully. Let me just start with this. I'm, first of all, it's good to see you. Happy New Year, my friend. Good to be here, man. Good to be Happy New Year. Good to see you. Good to see you in person. Thanks for coming in. Let me just start with this, and this won't this won't surprise you, knowing me as you do. <laughs> um, but what is it about the Black Church? Um, see, I'm starting already. What, <laughs> what what is it about the Black Church that makes us so horrible? At secession, these black preachers, these black pastors Mm. will stay uh, until they die in the pulpit. And we we've seen this story so many times, and we're going to talk more than more than about just the black church. You are a CEO; oh. <laughs> it's a church, but it's it's an organization, it's a corporation. So we we'll talk about CEO transition and, and other succession uh, ideas that you can share with the audience for this year. We have a lot of a lot of entrepreneurs in this audience, mm. uh, a lot of folk who are uh, are leading authorities who may be stepping aside and trying to figure out how they're going to make their own transition. We'll talk about that, but we've seen this movie so many times before. Uh, pastors stay on so long, they die in the pulpit and there's no secession plan. The church ends up splitting three or four different ways, all that work that was done. And it just splits or pastors decide they're going to retire and they pick someone who they want to put in, but the church ain't really feeling that person. And the the church dies slowly on the vine. I I just hate seeing it. And it just seems to me that the black church, and I don't want to indict the black church worse than anybody else, but I can't think of anything worse at the moment (laughs) than the black church about why we're so bad at secession plans. If you agree with me, if you don't tell me why. Well, I agree with you uh, painfully Mm -hmm. and painfully because like you, uh, I've I've seen it. I've been around it. I've seen it in friends. I've seen it in relationships, and so I um, I agree and and regretfully agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think there's so many elements in it. I I have defended many of my friends um, mm-hmm. with uh, with I uh, weekly mm-hmm. defended them because um, I think. It's a model that has been passed down. Mm-hmm. That's that's what they saw. That was a model to them, which is you. You know, you what's the old cowboy thing? You die with your boots on. Mm-hmm. You know. Sure, sure, um, sure. So I think part of it is the modeling, the generational modeling mm-hmm. of uh, staying forever. Mm-hmm. You know, you you don't you don't uh, you don't you don't transition out. You fade out. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, 
um, the the old classic line and no nobody retired in the Bible and all mm-hmm. that and yeah. you know I'm going to have uh-huh. the king and all that good stuff. Uh, so first of all, it's a bad model. Secondly, uh, and this is maybe from a different psychological perspective, this whole thing of identity mm-hmm. of uh, in our culture the identity of being that pastor of that church, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of the size of the church. I mean, whether it's uh, a big cathedral or mm-hmm. whether it's a uh, storefront and the names are written on a cardboard with crayon, <laughs> you know. But but that's identity, mm-hmm. that I am the pastor. Um, I wrote an article uh, about mental health or something uh, since I've retired. Moved. I'll come back to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they said, so how should we... How should we identify you? Uh, so we don't, we don't want to say the former pastor. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that. You know, I, I don't know who I am right now. You know? <laughs> um, but so there's an identity piece there. So there's a, there's a model and an example uh, that has been negative. Mm-hmm. And then there's an identity in which you're, you're wrapped up in that. Yeah. You know? I, uh, the next thing is, what do you do? Mm-hmm. You know, I had a professor. Uh, she changed my life. At first time I went to Oxford. Mm-hmm. She was a uh, she was a Dominican nun. Hold that, hold that thought. I want to pick up on the Dominican nun part <laughs> where we come forward. I want to hear about this professor, and I do want and I do want to something comes, something occurs to me as you speak. Um, I'm thinking about um, while we could poo poo it. Um, there is something to I'm thinking about my Pentecostal church and the song we sing. I come over here to stay, Lord, until I die. Yeah. You know the song, right? And to your point about down with the boots on, if God called you to preach and God called you to pastor. He doesn't uncall you, so maybe you should stay there until you die. Hold, hold that thought, though. I got you. I got put you. A, put a pen right I, there. I put a pen right there. Our <laughs> guest, Bishop Kennedy Allman, I see he's warmed up. I'll back at you, boy. He, he's, <laughs> he's warmed up already. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. From the Merc Park with love, love this love. is Tavis Smiley. Ready to reexamine your assumptions and expand your inventory of ideas? More of Tavis Smiley coming your way right now. More of uh, Bishop Kenneth C. Omer, uh, now retired. That's weird to say. Uh, and I was there. <laughs> retired. So, from- so, wait, so, so the new buzzword. The, the new buzzword. Buzz give it to me. Give it to me. You don't retire, you reposition. Repo- okay, got it. Reposition. I'm uh, still working on that. Too. The, the repositioning. <laughs> the repositioning bit at uh, Bishop Kenneth C. Omer of the Faithful Central Bible Church uh, in uh, Los Angeles, Southern California. Amazing, amazing mega church. Uh, everybody knows about it. I've heard about it across the country. Um, and he uh, sort of stepped aside from the from the from the everyday pastorate uh, of that of that of that church. Um, but he has some amazing lessons he's learned over the years. Um, I, as I say, from the trenches uh, of leadership transitions. And that's what we're talking about in this hour. How we successfully uh, transition from one leadership role to another in our own personal lives and in terms of organizations. But you were saying about one of your yeah, why so hard? So hard. So the nun, though, you left with the the nun. She's a Dominican nun. Yes, um, Oxford University, Mm -hmm. and she said, uh, "Remember that she's a nun." That's going to make sense in a minute. She said, "We order our lives around the rhythm." of our relationship with God. Mm. That's going to hit you this afternoon, about mm. 3 o'clock. <laughs> so we, we, we order our lives. We have a rhythm with God, mm-hmm. and the rest of our lives are ordered around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said, she's a nun, so she said, uh, we get up at a certain time, we eat three times a day, we pray five times a day, and everything else fits in that. She said, mm-hmm. when this class is over, I have to get back because I have so and so and so Our lives are ordered around a rhythm. She said, well, for example, mm-hmm. if someone wants to find uh, uh, Tavis, mm-hmm. okay. You you have a rhythm. They want to find you uh, at what's 
Nine o'clock. They, they, they know where I am three hours. They ahead. know where to find you. Okay? <laughs> that, that, that's your rhythm. Yeah, you know exactly. what I'm saying? It's your yeah, rhythm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, someone asked me about it about a month or so ago. Well, how's it going? How's it going? And it, he was a musician. Mm-hmm. So I said, as a musician, you'll get this. I said, my rhythm is off. Mm-hmm. My rhythm is off. Um, you, know, you know, what do you do on Saturday night? You know, mm-hmm. you might be somewhere Sunday. You might not be somewhere Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, so your rhythm is off. Um, so so the, the guys who hold on are stuck in a rhythm. Mm-hmm. Stuck in a rhythm, man. That rhythm is tied to their identity. That rhythm is, is tied to a, a holy call. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. I promise him that I will serve, serve him till I, I die. die. Yeah. Till I die. Till I'm going to die yeah. in this thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and so... Changing the rhythms is is interesting. I'm uh, I just turned seventy six a few weeks ago, uh, so I'm seventy six. I did this for forty five years. Mm-hmm. That's more than half my life. Mm-hmm. So I've been on rhythm. After, uh, m- a friend of mine in Chicago, James Meeks, a very different friend of mine. Right, I know James Meeks so, well. So Meeks, yeah. wait a minute, so Meeks retired about a month after me. <laughs> I saw and that, I can yeah. show you the te- I show you the text. Meeks <laughs> Meeks called me like uh, the w- the week before Christmas. Mm-hmm. He said he said uh, you you call me. You're gonna love this. You're gonna love this. You're gonna love this. Meek said, uh, uh, what, "What you doing, Christmas man? What, how you, how you gonna, what you gonna do, Christmas?" Um, he said, Let, "Let's preach each other a Christmas sermon." <laughs> you you ain't got no. Where you, where you gonna preach Christmas? Where you, go, where you gonna preach Christmas? Right, exactly. You preach one of me. I preach one of you. But it's the rhythm. It's yeah. the rhythm. Think about yeah. that. First Christmas in forty some years. Right. Where are you gonna preach, man? Yeah. So it's those kinds of things that add to this this challenge of transition. You know, mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to go there. And guys uh, and women, we, we hold on to it because of our identity, because of the bad model, because of a rhythm of our lives, man. And the challenge is, and actually the the sad part is, whatever we're holding on to dies. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be different if what we're holding on is going to give us life. So, so, so how do how do I process then that we should never confuse what we do with who we are? I, that so your lane is in, is yeah. is in theology and in the church. My lane is in this industry. And and, I, and I'm, I'm grateful to God, you know, for everything that's happened to me in my career, the good, the bad, and the ugly. My, my mom reminds me all the time. She's listening right now. One of her favorite scriptures in everything. Everything give thanks. Give thanks and everything. She said, "What it is, baby." She said, "Whatever it is, baby." And everything <laughs> give thanks. Uh, for this is the will of God. Yeah, you, you yeah. know that you you preach this stuff all the time. Yeah. But I, I raise that I raise that only because uh, I'm grateful. I'm learning to be grateful for the good, the bad, and the ugly. And what I'm what I'm what I'm driving toward is there've been moments in my life and in my career where everything stopped. There two or three or four times in my career I got fired, this didn't happen, this didn't happen, worked out for a while and then it didn't. And in those moments I always prayed the same prayer. I prayed that I would discover that it was what I did and not who I was. I know too many people, certainly in Hollywood, where you and I sit, yeah, yeah. if they ain't on the screen, yeah. if they ain't got a TV show, I know if so. they ain't got a movie, they, they don't they don't know who they are. We have friends, you and I both have friends who yeah. are struggling with that right now. Yeah. Struggling with that right now. I, it's man. that identity thing you were talking it's about. It's that identity thing. Yeah. And I think, I think you hit it though, that I, I do what I do, mm-hmm. but I am what I am, whether I do what I do or not. Mm. I, I'm still God's child. God still loves me. Uh, what what my my struggle in those times of this just happened? What my struggle is? Okay, what's next? Mm-hmm. 
what was next? Uh, there's got to be something more than this. Mm-hmm. Something, because you still love me, because I'm still your son, I'm still your child, because you still have your hand on me. And so my challenge is to be on the lookout for what's next. That's what's happening mm-hmm. with me right now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, um, you, you you probably you know you know the name Kane Hope Felder. Oh, very well. Uh, interviewed, him, interviewed him any number of times. If you don't, I, Howard if, University. If you don't, if you don't yeah. have the book Troubling Biblical Waters, it's, in my, it's on my uh, shelf. It, it's it's a classic. <laughs> Former dean Howard University That's told right. me something. Never changed my life, man. Changed my life. He says yeah. this. Many of us, most of us, look at what we have to do today. What's my schedule today? Right. A few of us say, "What do I do tomorrow?" Kane said, "Very few of us look at what do I do the day after tomorrow." Mm-hmm. You know, those of us who are stuck in the now have not considered the not yet. Mm. We're stuck in today. Cain says, we have not looked at the day after tomorrow. What are you going to do then? What are you going to do then? Um, um, One year, Dr. A.V. Hill ran for president of the National Baptist Convention, Mm -hmm. and he lost. And this young punk preacher comes, young punk kid comes up, and he says, says, well, well, Dr. Hill, what you going to do now, Doc? What you gonna do now? I never forget this. I'm carrying his. I'm carrying back to Hill's briefcase, Hilton Hotel. Yeah. He stops. He says, "Well, I have options." And he walked away. Mm-hmm. And he stopped and looked at me straight in my eye at the Hilton Hotel. And he said, "Son, always have options." Mm-hmm. Many of us uh, who hold on until we die and they die. We don't have any options, man. Mm-hmm. We don't have any alternatives. We have nothing for day after tomorrow. Let, let me let me challenge that thesis. Yeah. So here's my challenge. Um, if what we're looking for in life, what we're searching for, is not a job, mm-hmm. what we're looking for ultimately, I believe, is our calling, mm-hmm. our our vocation, our, our our avocation. They're not the same thing. Right. Now, as a young person, you may have a couple jobs on your way to finding your vocation. Right. You working at McDonald's, whatever you're doing, anybody mad at you for that? You, you mm-hmm. know, delivering newspapers. We've all done stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Cutting grass, whatever it may be. Um, being a candy striper at a hospital. Yeah. I get that. Uh, but you're on your way, hopefully, to finding your, your vocation, your calling in the world. Mm-hmm. Once you discover what God uniquely put you here to do, mm-hmm. it must be difficult after doing that 45 years to then figure out what's next, because that's what God called you to do. It, is, is there a new calling? No. Is there a new vocation? You're, you're, you're close to it. You're okay. close to it. Okay. Because for 45 years, I've done it this way. Mm-hmm. For this next season, I may do it a different way. I got it. I'm still going to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I did, uh, remember Promise Keepers? Promise, I have, oh, do I so prom, I did Promise Keepers 10 years, so mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Hill got me into that. Mm-hmm. And so we go around the country. Uh, I spoke. L.A. Coliseum, mm-hmm. 80,000 men, Rose Bowl, 100 and some thousand, Super Bowl, uh, uh, Orange Bowl, mm-hmm. 108,000 men. Mm-hmm. And if God if God gave me a choice, which doesn't have to, but if God gave me a choice between 100,000 men in a stadium and 10 women or 10 men in a group or in a classroom, I take the classroom every time mm-hmm. because my call is to teach I can teach. I've taught there. I've mm-hmm. taught in that arena. I've taught in mm-hmm. the, literally that arena. But that call has not changed. Mm-hmm. I do it in a different context, in a different way. The Bible says the gifts and calls of the Lord are without repentance. God mm-hmm. doesn't give it and take it. He doesn't take it back. That's right. But he can move you to it. Mm-hmm. You know, Moses spent his last few years uh, mentoring. We call it mentoring a Joshua. Mm-hmm. He didn't stop. And yet Moses saw early on that he was not, that he would only go so far. Mm-hmm. He would only go so far, man. Um, 
I think one of the challenges that we have right now is that we this whole I I never allowed I never allowed allowed people in our church to call us a mega church mm-hmm. a mega church. Uh, I know some megas. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got a mega for you. I got some mega for you. I got a mega yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, we're, you. Know, we're, we're big, praise <laughs> the Lord. But I'm just saying there are always others who are there. Mm-hmm. But what do you do with this one? What do you do on this corner? What do you do this Sunday? What do you do with this group? You mm-hmm. know, um, as opposed to continually saying, you know, this is all I have to do. But it may not be there. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you. I, I got another question about mm-hmm. identity. I want to ask, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm following you as, yeah, I, as yeah. I always do. Um, since you went there, that word mega. What what is what is your response? You wouldn't let them call Faithful Central Bible Church uh, a mega church. Mm-hmm. But what is your um, your response to the to the to the indictment writ large of the black mega church? I, I got to color that much more for you. No, no. Yeah. I I think I think we we. We, and this is any color. I think we got swallowed into that identity that is more horizontal mm-hmm. in the eyes of others than it was vertical in the eyes of God. Mm-hmm. In other words, uh, I think that we it was always comparing ourselves to someone else. If, if I'm a mega, who's more mega than I am? Mm-hmm. How many numbers? I, I know. I remember there was a trend of guys building buildings. Everybody wanted to outbuild uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Crenshaw Christian Center. Mm-hmm. I know a guy, Crenshaw Christian, Christian Center, said 10,002, whatever it is. He had to build 10,003. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I'm more mega than he is, you know. Uh, but but even that kind of thing, man, was yeah. seasonal. Yeah. was seasonal. And, and uh, God... God is still doing, still moving. And yeah. what is now, you know, I, I, I had a class 20 uh, some years ago on the largest churches in the country, in, right. the, wor- in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't hear about them anymore. Yeah. You know, 20 years ago, the largest churches in this city, you don't hear about them anymore. You don't yeah. hear about them anymore. There's a seasonal dynamic of what God does. Mm-hmm. The question is, how do I move from one season to the other and remain faithful? I was with our friend Cornell West the other night uh, mm-hmm. having dinner and we were, just came up and I told him you would come on the show. And um, he went into his thing, of course. Uh, you know, I know you got a mega. I know you got a mega church, but where's your mega love? Where's your mega prison ministry? See, those are the where's questions. your mega? Those are the yeah. questions. Yo, where's your where's your mega ministry? There you go. Uh, and 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 he would always he he has a way of indicting. It's kind of funny when you hear him talk about it. He has a way of indicting uh, these uh, churches that decide they want to become mega, and they always end up abandoning the inner city for the, as he would call it the chocolate spaces. Yeah. For the vanilla suburbs, yeah. So you build this mega thing, but it's so far out that Negroes can't even get to you, yeah. Especially with the price of gas these days, oh man, yeah. So, so I, I, and I'm not, I ain't mad at you for building wherever you can get a good deal, but you end up abandoning the spaces, oftentimes, where we live and work. And 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 I think that comes back to, but what is my calling? Right. What is my calling? And how how am I how how do I build continuity with that calling? If if God has called me here, God has called me here and planted me here. Um, he planted me here because there's someone here, there's some place there that needs what he's going to do through me. Mm-hmm. Uh, people always wondered how me and uh, Bishop Blake and Bishop Jones, how we're s- such good friends. Because there are people that will go to West Angeles who will never come to Faithful Central. Mm-hmm. There are people that will go to City of Refuge, never come to, uh, uh, you know, uh, the cathedral, right, you know, sure, sure. because there are people that God has assigned us to. And I think Cornell is on to something. At what point are we abandoning them mm-hmm. for what looks like greener pastures, that green grass is really 
Afro, you know, Astro, Astro turf, turf, yeah. Astro turf, you know. <laughs> uh, but but he raises a very valid question, man. But it, it also occurs to me as you're talking and watching my clock here. We got two minutes. So we'll continue yeah. when we come yeah. forward. It also raises a, raises a, raises a thought for me. Uh, this may this may be sacrilegious to say. I don't know. It may just be wrong to say. Period. Mm -hmm. But not unlike talk show host, mm -hmm. um, preachers are acquired taste. Er oh, everybody sure. everybody does it differently. Oh, and yeah. so so you go to this church or that church because you like this the way this. The way this 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 uh, this word tastes cultic like yeah in a, in a positive sense uh -huh. cultic. I mean, I I look around and I, what I've had a chance to do in the last year or so is to visit huge huge churches thousands and thousands. Uh -huh. uh, I was just at a church a couple of days ago with maybe a hundred and ten hundred people. Yeah, vibrant, mm -hmm. exciting. Uh, spirit filled it's like you know and I'm and these people would never go down the street to the guy who's that thousands about mm -hmm. two blocks from there about mm -hmm. two miles from there mm -hmm. you know because I think that, that God uh, the Bible there's a point, point where Paul says God says go to that place because there are people already there waiting for you mm -hmm. the people that are waiting for you and so I think Cornell has a point when he says God sent you there now you're going to leave there and just go mm -hmm. someplace else? What? How are you going to abandon mm -hmm. where you say God? That's another thing, where you say God told you to go. Mm -hmm. Cornell raises the valid question, man. Yeah. Uh, when we come forward, I want to come back to this notion of, of identity mm -hmm. um, because every one of us struggles with that. Um, and it seems to me that wrestling with identity is even more challenging for folk with melanin in their skin for a whole lot of reasons. Yeah. So when we come forward, I want to, I want to talk about this uh, identity piece a bit more and then um, want to get some of your advice for those this year who may be in uh, a transition uh, in your life, in your, in your leadership, trying to figure out what's next for you. When you listen to a guy who's done something for 45 years and he tells you he's trying to figure out what his next <laughs> move is, uh, what's, what's it like in that space and how do you navigate through that space? And there are many of you who are going to be making some, making some, some, some moves this year. And so I'm delighted to have Bishop Kenneth C. Armour here to help you figure out what he's trying to figure out <laughs> in real time. You're listening, and I'm glad about it, to Tavis Smiley. Unapologetically progressive. progressive. Unapologetically black. Black, black, black. You're tapped into Tavis Smiley. Tavis Smiley. Smiley. Who do you trust to get at the truth? Tavis Smiley. Smiley. That's who. The conversation continues right now. It does indeed. Um, our guest is Bishop Kenneth C. Almer. Uh, of the Faithful Central Baptist Church here in, Bible Church rather, here in uh, Southern California. And we're talking about transitions. He's going through one right now, uh, having done this for 45 years and figuring it out and uh, just offering some 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 great advice, uh, some sage advice about that and other stuff for that matter. You get a guy this wise in your studio, um, all kinds of uh, good information starts to flow. Um, no surprise there. Um, but I, I wanted to come to this notion again, watching my clock here, a few things I want to cover here before I lose you. Mm -hmm. This notion of identity. Um, and this is beyond, you know, um, space and time. But, but, but black people, it seems to me, have always had a difficult challenge with identity. One could start with all the names that we have called ourselves, mm -hmm. say nothing of the names we have been called. <laughs> but, but this transition from, 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 from color to, 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 to Negro, mm -hmm. to, to, to black, black yeah. to Afro-American, Afro, Afro, African-American. Yeah. I mean, so much of that is just trying to own an identity. I don't need to color the question much more for you, but what say you specifically about black people and and this just notion of identity. I think it is the the disconnect between who the culture has often said we are. Right. 
described us, identified us. I, I left out Negro, by the way. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. and who we knew we were. Right. In other words, we knew that we had to be and that we were more than that, mm. better than that, greater than that, and yet to be bombarded with a culture that sought to box you and define you mm. into their concept of you. And I think that's that's a part of who we are. Mm. It, it is it is to demand to be who we are, mm-hmm. not who you say we are. Yeah. That's been part of our journey. Yeah. So I say mm-hmm. it ain't what you it ain't what you call me, it's what I answer. Yes, what to. I right. There yeah, you go. That's right. the same thing. And that's and that's been our that's been our struggle. Yeah. I think it has made many of us stronger. Yeah. I think it has made us many of us more determined to uh, um, I, I did a conference somewhere, and and the conference was "I am a man," mm-hmm. you know, and that was a nice little theme then. But that was deeper than you, you know. Mm-hmm. Go back and look at some of the movies and stuff, and and the slogans of of the sixties, yeah, sure, the sixties, sure, sure, man, you know. Sure. Um, I shouldn't have to tell you, but if I do, I am I'm a gonna, man. I'm tell you, I am a yeah. man, you know. Yeah. So I think it is the the affirmation of that identity. That comes from within and not from without. Yeah. Now, 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 the flip side of that is what your advice is to people who 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 can't yet make the distinction between what they do and who they are. It's a heck a, a bad situation. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 you you are yeah. in a proverbial heart rock in a hard place. Yeah. Uh, you 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 live in a in a perpetual tension mm-hmm. uh, until you settle that. Yeah. Uh, and 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 it can go from you know deep psychological stuff to uh acting out and working out and and living out stuff that is often fantasy mm-hmm. uh, but i think it is it is a the i the the issue of who am i yeah. who am i and that's why i think uh, the my faith comes in yeah because my identity begins with who god says i am yeah. in spite of who you say i am right, right and who they say i am that's right i have to keep reminding myself that i am who he says i am yeah. who do men say who do yeah yeah, yeah. what what is <laughs> that about yeah. me out there yeah, yeah exactly you know? exactly and i have to keep coming back to that yeah. and and if if it's tied into that building if it's tied into that that label if it's tied into that position tied into that pulpit um I'll stay there until I die mm-hmm. uh, if I don't recognize that my calling and my identity is bigger than that. Yeah. Speaking of that building, um, it, it is, this has been the case for quite some time, but it's especially and particularly true these days, and I'm not sure how I feel about it, to be honest with you. But churches are no longer just places of worship. They are businesses. How, 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 do, how should I feel about that? I hope they are. Yeah. I hope they are. Because I think that um, the... Um, there, there's a multi-dimensional nature to, to ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if it is only what we, I used to always say to people that in our church, if the only time you open this book is when we come in here on Sunday morning and I say turn to the book of Acts, uh, you'll never know that book. Mm-hmm. You'll never live by that book. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that we, um, so many things that are pulling us from that and we have to resist it if we're going to remain true to who we are and what we're really called to do. And that is... Um, you're, you're never more like God than when you love and when you give. Mm. God so loved that he gave. Mm-hmm. Uh, what am I giving? What am I releasing? What am I, how am I serving how, my community, those around me, this community, you know, uh, this neighborhood, whatever. Mm-hmm. Something broke my heart, man. Broke my heart. After 40-some years at Faithful Central, City of Inglewood had its uh, 
uh, annual Martin Luther King mm-hmm. this time of year. We're coming and, up on it again. And they yeah. had an oratorical contest, mm-hmm. and a little uh, Latino girl won, and a little black guy, little, little boy, maybe black boy was maybe 10 years old. Right. Latino girl was maybe 11 or 12. Broke my heart. And I spoke to the to the mother, and I said, oh, congratulations, mother of the Latino girl. Congratulations. I said, oh, oh, uh, uh, where do you live? She said, so I live two blocks down in an apartment complex on Eucalyptus. Um, she said, uh, I didn't know this was a church. Mm. Three blocks mm. from our so-called mega. Mm-hmm. That lady said, I didn't know this was a church. Mm. The father of the little boy said, we live so many blocks. He said, we walked over here. He said, I walk past it all the time. I've never been in here. Mm-hmm. Go back to what Cornell was saying. How are we in that community? How are we serving that community? Here's someone who was just a few blocks from mm-hmm. our so-called mega. Mm-hmm. You know, we're getting flags and waving at us and accolades. Mm-hmm. And so we're a mega. And here's somebody three blocks from our church who didn't even know where we were, man. That broke mm-hmm. my heart. Mm-hmm. That broke my heart. Mm-hmm. Somebody who could walk. Walk to church who walked right past. Mm-hmm. That broke my heart. We're not doing something, man. We're not doing something. And it's like Cornell said, where, where is our, how, how far does this mega meet the masses, mm-hmm. serve the masses, serve the people around who may never even come into this building? You know, I'm, I'm impressed by it. There, there's a, Jesus led a guy named Matthew. Mm-hmm. Task letter. And and the first thing Matthew did, Jesus said, Come follow me. Matthew says, You come follow me. Mm-hmm. Matthew took Jesus to a party. The Bible said, full of sinners. The Bible said, full house full of sinners. Jesus goes into the house. The holy folks say, Well, what's he going up in there for? All them hellions mm-hmm. and Jesus goes in and comes out. There's never a record that anybody in that house got saved. See, my evangelical friends say, well, you go in there to witness in the name of Jesus and they're going to get saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, <laughs> there's no no one in that building got saved. The value of Jesus being in that building was he was in the building. Mm-hmm. He was there mm-hmm. and he was being himself. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, God calls us to be us where we are. Mm-hmm. That community, that neighborhood. Who know That lady said, I, sir, I didn't know this was a church. That mm-hmm. broke my heart. I've been that forty some years, man. That broke yeah. my heart. You know, mm-hmm. Cornell raises a good question. If um if uh, if you don't know who Bishop Kenneth C. Homer is, uh, most of you do. If you don't, um you have uh, you've heard of him and you've heard of uh, his church because this is the church that bought the forum many years ago. This mm-hmm. is the church that made all kinds of national and international news when they bought the forum mm-hmm. back in the day, the Great Western Forum, <laughs> now the Kia Forum. Yeah. But this is the church that bought the forum. And I want to, as we're talking about leadership and, and transitions and, 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 and secession plans mm-hmm. and, and moving in the right ways in the right times, I want to, just, when we come forward, ask uh, Bishop Almer a few lessons, a few wow. takeaways from wow. that deal wow. when, this, uh, when this mega church, <laughs> in air quotes, uh, got more mega by buying the forum and just blew everybody's mind. But he's the guy that did mm-hmm. that deal. Uh, we'll talk about that, his lessons from that. And, and you, you mentioned, you know, about Jesus going into that house. I also want to ask when we come forward uh, about the value in our lives this year of starting with the notion of just showing up. Wow. What does it mean to just commit yourself this year to show, show up? up? Who knows what happens when you walk in the house? Yeah. But can, can you just commit yourself to show up? <laughs> As I say to black people, there are two things. You, if you do these two things, you're ahead of the crowd. 
One, Negro, just show up. And number two, if you show up on time, Lord Jesus, we own the song. If you show up and you on time. You just broke a record. You just broke a record. Can a brother show up on time? I guess it's Bishop Kenneth C. Over. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. This is getting good. Tabitha Smiley. Smiley continues when we come forward. Smart talk for curious people just like you. You're listening to Tavish Smiley. Smiley. Bishop Omar just said to me, he said, Tavis, I wanted to finish well and be well when I finished. I wanted to finish well and be well when I finish. And that's what it means to successfully transition uh, in the way that he has. And uh, you should consider transitioning well this year. Uh, but I, I, I like that. Let me ask you, I'm watching my clock. Let me ask you right quick. What are some of the takeaways uh, from that deal, that mega deal that y'all did when y'all bought the farm? You know, the backstory of that uh I'll probably tell it. It's been told a couple of times, but there would be, here's a big statement. There would be no SoFi Stadium if Faithful Central Church had not bought the forum. Mm-hmm. Let me connect those dots. Mm-hmm. The forum was going to be torn down. It was sold. It had, I, the contracts were signed, and the forum building was going to be torn down. Lakers had moved down to the Staples Center. Mm-hmm. It was going to be torn down. The guy who was the developer, he was going to tear it down, turn it into like a residential area, get rezoned and everything, and they would never have a SoFi Stadium next to a residential area like that. We bought that building because of what the, the demise of the forum would have done to the city of Inglewood. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even a totally spiritual thing about it. It was the big five. Well, five companies ran run the city of Inglewood. That's another conversation. Mm-hmm. And the forum was going to be gone. We bought that building because of this community. Mm-hmm. Kind of what Cornell was saying. Sure. We bought that building because of this community. Uh, if that building had come down, there would be no SoFi. Yeah. We bought that building to run it as an entertainment venue, not as we never bought it to turn into a church, mm-hmm. never put a cross in there, never put a pew in there. Uh, contrary to what my friend Joel Osteen did when they bought the Compact Center in Houston, they mm-hmm. turned it into a church. Mm-hmm. We bought the forum to run it as an entertainment venue, and they said we'd never do it. Preachers laughed at us. The banking community laughed at us. The business community laughed at us. Uh, uh, one of the VPs, vice presidents of a bank said, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Churches don't do that. Churches don't do that. Go back to another thing. Go back to identity. You never let the world tell you what you can and cannot do when God says you can. Mm-hmm. You never let the world tell you who mm-hmm. you are when God says this is who you are. Mm-hmm. And that man said, you cannot do it. You, and he said, I'm not going to put any money in it. And they wouldn't back us. Mm-hmm. But we bought that building because of what it is to the to this community. And from the, from the forum, forum was a good deal. It wasn't a great deal. It was a good deal. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a great deal. It would have been a great deal if we had done it the way some of, some of our white friends had done it. Mm-hmm. We were spitting in the dark, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, the business involved in that, uh, like, and you, you mentioned the thing, uh, ministry is business, and there's a business element to ministry. Mm-hmm. Many of my friends have struggled because they didn't make that connection. It is a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is it is a ministry, but it's also a business. Yeah. I did a class one time at Howard, the business of ministry and the ministry of business. Mm-hmm. It's not either or. And so the the whole idea of buying the forum put us on a whole nother level put yeah. us from a business perspective. And we struggle with it. But when men, they said you cannot do it, yeah. one of my greatest moments in the forum was when Prince, we were getting ready to sell it, yeah. sold it to Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. And Prince did 20-some nights in that concert. I was there. 
And I stood and, and the t- tears came out of my eyes for that building for the first time because I saw what it did to the community. Yeah. Prince lowered the price of the tickets. Yeah. Matter of fact, he fired his PR agent mm-hmm. uh, because he was going to lower the price of the ticket. He wanted to serve the community. That was the spirit of that building. That's my guy. I miss him yeah. every day. Yeah. Uh, our remaining moments with Bishop Kennedy Oma when we come forward on Tavis Smiley. More of Tavis Smiley when we come forward. Let's get back to more of Tavis Smiley right now. I've got about three minutes left with Bishop Kenneth C. Omer. I could do this for hours if I had the time. But let me close with this right quick in these three minutes. We talked earlier about the value this year. Whatever transition you're facing, um, there are all kinds of practical tools that you've offered in this hour for how we can do better this year, which I appreciate. But, but talk to me about the value, first of all, of just committing yourself to show up. I think um, it's easier to wait, Mm -hmm. to sit, um, to be still. I think the challenge is to move with a destiny and determination to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, You may not have all the answers. You know, when we we talk about the forum, we didn't have all the answers. I mean, we were making that thing up as we as we went along. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the value of showing up and speaking up. That's what, you know, d- 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 not to flip this thing, but that's what KBLA is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Jesus showed up. John spoke up. I'm just a voice. Mm-hmm. You know, show up, speak up. May not have all the answers. May not have it all together. But God is calling somebody right now. Somebody, somebody, listen right now, and you got an idea for a business or whatever. Hey, don't back off of that thing, man. Mm-hmm. You know, my sister, go for it. Go for it. Uh, step into that thing. Um, the worst you, could, worst you could do is fall and get back up. Mm-hmm. But you can't fall and get back up if you don't show up. Mm-hmm. You got to be there. You know, this, this someone listen to this call right now, and and that's God's word for you for this new year. You got to show up. Mm. You may have to cry. You may have been hurt, disappointed last time, last year, or whatever. But this is your year to step up, show up, and speak up. Mm. And uh, we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. Let me just say this: uh, Bishop Woman mentioned KBLA, and um, uh, I have not done this publicly ever on this uh, on this station. And, of course, we're heard across the country. My show is, thankfully, nationally syndicated now. So you're being heard in other cities across the country. Mm-hmm. But for those who are listening to us in L.A., my home uh, city and my home station, KBLA Talk 1580, let me just say this and I'll leave it here. There is no KBLA if there is no Kenneth C. Omer. I did not do this by myself. I went to friends of mine, um, including raising investment dollars to make this black-owned talk radio station history in L.A. The first of its kind, the only one west of the Mississippi. And I'll just leave it at that and tell you that when it came to my friends who came with me to invest in this, Kenneth Almer's on that list. I'll leave it there. I am forever indebted to you. And now the listeners of this station know uh, how I made this happen in part. So I thank you, sir. And keep, I love keep showing up. Keep speaking up, man. Love you, man. You, as you say to me all the time, stay on the wall. Stay on the wall. <laughs> More of Tavis Smiley. As a matter of fact, let me tell you right quick. Uh, you, you recall last summer when all these sisters started disappearing in these big, important DE&I jobs in Hollywood? Wow. At one point, there were like six major black women who all just resigned. It was a horrible moment, an ugly story. What's happened to all mm. these sisters running Hollywood? One of those women is Janelle English. 
and she's about to sit in the seat right now that Bishop Armour is about to vacate in a moment. So Janelle English comes up in a moment on Tavis Smiley. Stay with us.